Hello and welcome once again to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. I'm Chris Levine and I will be your host again this time around. So I read an interesting fun fact about the human brain from a website called nursingassistantcentral.com. I'm going to quote it to you. It says the capacity for such emotions as joy, happiness, fear, and shyness are already developed at birth. The specific type of nurturing a child receives shapes how these emotions are developed. I don't know about you, but this fascinates me. This means that along with fingers, a nose, and a mouth, that these other things are developing in the womb in the same way. The BBC continues this thought when it says, our personality has been sculpted by many hands. Your genes, your friends, the schools you attended, plus many other factors will all have played a part in making you the person that you are today. But when exactly did your own distinct character first begin to take shape? If you're a shy person now, for instance, does that mean you were a shy child? In all likelihood, yes. But how far back does this go? Well, research suggests that there are significant links between our behavioral tendencies when we're just a few months old and our overall later personality. Now, that's not to say that our personality was set in stone that early on, but that the roots of who we are can be traced all the way back to our earliest days. With this, and this is mind-blowing to me, the in utero environment of the mother then is going to be a big factor in that baby's overall personality. It would have to be. So if, if the mo baby's mother is exposed to stress and constant confrontation, this will be a part of what's developed within that child before it actually joins the rest of us in the outside world. Perhaps then it would be safe to say that these influences on that child would actually explain certain behavior later, like rages that seem to emerge from nowhere from a child, tantrums along with either sporadic or overwhelming shyness and or other behaviors that we just simply don't understand. Why are you acting like that? That may be part of the reason. So, so when a woman and I'm going to make sure that this is understood for various and not always easy to define reasons. When a woman puts up with being mistreated while pregnant, inadvertently, she's actually allowing the influences of these other people to control her baby's behavioral pattern by exposing them to things like fits of anger, screaming, rebellion, Awareness of this might shed new light on why children are as they are without having to resort to the excuses of the child just being tired or hungry, 
on every occasion when these things occur. Now, subsequently, while the quote above states that these emotions continue to develop, this will still mean that a parent will have to go above and beyond to help a child to unlearn the behavior it was exposed to while in the womb. Now, this is very eye-opening because, ironically, when the child who learned the behavior potentially then gets yelled at by the parent for angry behavior, it's essentially solidifying the behavior further as opposed to changing the behavior. Isn't that crazy? Uh, maybe this is all stuff you've known forever. This isn't news to you, but I have never thought of it like this. Now, I thoroughly believe, of course, with any kind of abuse completely aside, I thoroughly believe that disciplining children is a personal matter. Now, my personal rule in this regard is that I never discipline because my child makes me mad or if they challenge my parental position in front of other people. See, this wouldn't be my intending to teach the child something. It would rather be me reacting emotionally because I'm trying to save face. That's not necessarily parenting as much as it is defending your ego. Pop culture tackles everything we're talking about, and it does quite often. There are articles out there on the internet about movies that they think your kids should see to positively influence them. And then, of course, there's lists of movies that you should never show your kids. Now, I won't read lists and promote either of those lists here, but they are out there. Now, oftentimes, though, one of the things that people don't note are the subtleties that entertainment has where messages are still sent without being verbally easily identifiable. Let me give you an example. Imagine that you told me that you love it when it rains. And I respond, well, that's stupid. Sunshine's way better. You would probably write that in there, cut me off. You wouldn't listen to me. I didn't show you any respect. It's too blatant, too abrupt. But if you told me that you like the rain and I said, really? I would have thought you'd like the sunshine better. Wow. Well, you know, if you like the rain, I guess that's okay. Now I've messed with your head. See, I planted a little seed. I've influenced you. You may now, on some level, question your liking the rain, at least a little. I just did so subtly. I have a feeling, personally, that this takes place in entertainment way more than just blatant messages being sent. Now, now for the record, I've never been one to blame movies and televisions as being the only reason for behavioral influences. That's too easy of a scapegoat than to realize that there's way more to it than that. I also don't believe in a, well, the devil made me do it kind of a mindset. I believe the devil or whatever influence maybe got you interested in doing it. But they didn't do it. You did it. I did it. See, we have free will. And while influences may sweeten the pot for bad behavior, it's ultimately up to us what we choose to do. For children, though, this gets tricky 
You see, they don't have the life experience to discern good from bad in many cases and can totally be influenced by movies and TV. And mostly, in my opinion, in subtle ways. Let me give you an example. Let's say a kid watches The Simpsons. Now, the cartoon children on that show are always way more perceptive and much, much smarter than the father on that show. If a young enough kid watches a hundred episodes of this, can you honestly tell me that it won't on some level mentally change their view of the dynamic in their own home, at least to some extent, subtly? So I think it will. Now, honestly, I'm going to be straight with you. Before actually becoming a parent, I would find myself saying typical things like, well, if you were a better parent, you'd be monitoring what your kid is watching. You know, maybe that was true when there was one TV in the house sitting in the living room that was shared. But with massive electronics and portable ways to consume entertainment, it is very hard for a parent to hover over a kid every second of every minute of every hour of every day. You can put parental settings on everything, but elementary age kids know more about getting past them than the parents usually do. So do we throw our hands up? No, of course not. The key is to try, to do your best, to find that line between being reasonable and still being a parent. No one I know has ever batted a thousand as a parent, but we can try. The, the point is, yes, outside influences for good and for not so good, they affect kids and we can't shield them from everything. If we could, we would, but we can't. Let, let me give you a personal <laughs> case in point here. I remember one time as a kid visiting relatives and the whole room of adults and kids were sitting around and watching The Exorcist. I was like six years old. Now, I remember vividly people in that room laughing at how scared I was because the movie really had no impact on them at all. Different things shaped them than shaped me. And I was a six-year-old kid. I was really young. That, by the way, was thrilling. And let me just take a moment and sarcastically thank the adults slash parents in the room for letting that happen. Great job. You know, I'm glad I was able to entertain you with my being afraid. I, I can only hope that that was at least as entertaining as the cocaine you were doing that you didn't know that I knew you were doing in the other room. That aside, knowing that kids had been programmed to react in certain ways, along with their genetic tendencies, and the fact that they still were just children, can change the disciplinary thought process, at least for me. Now, this is not to make excuses for good old bratty behavior, but it just simply sheds a new perspective on how one might react to said behavior. Now, my take on all of this is really quite simple. 
Today's a new day, not just for you and for I, but for our kids. And they're not necessarily yet set in their ways. So, so let's make it a point to not waste any more time dwelling on the past and let's help these small people in the present, showing them a better atmosphere and delivering more love than, than they can stand. Doing this is not only shaping their tomorrow, but to some degree, it's fixing their yesterday. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to shadow our overall theme. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, The Kids Are All Right playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash The Kids Are All Right. I'm going to be honest with you. These are some gems. If I listen to this at night and I'm in the right place, this can be an emotional list. Um, maybe it will be for you. Maybe it won't. I just hope you like it. Track number one, The Zombies from the 60s with the song Little One, which for the record is very wonderful. Number two, Isn't She Lovely by Stevie Wonder. Seriously, you can so hear how elated this man was to be a parent. That, along with the pretty amazing chord changes, just make this song a totally sincere and joyful thing. It's so great. Number three, Ooh Child by The Five Stair Steps. Number four, Marvin Gaye with Save the Children from his seminal What's Going On record. Number five is, a, is an instrumental called Toddler by Claire Fisher. Now, his name may not ring a bell, but he's a jazz artist and an arranger. Personally, I know of him as, as he handled many, many orchestrations on Prince's records from 1984 forward. Number six the Delphonics with the song La La Means I Love You. Now, yes, you're thinking this is a boy-girl love song. It totally is. But check this out. This is just perfect. The writer of the song, William Hart, said that when he wrote the song, he was a brand new dad. And his little baby would always repeat La 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 La. The baby would say that all the time, la, 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 before he could talk. And the new parents playfully decided that that must be the baby's way of telling them that they love them. That inspired him, and he wrote, la, la means I love you. Is that not adorable? I mean, I liked the song before, but that just puts it way over the top. Number seven, as tears go by. Nope. Not the Rolling Stones version. I know they wrote it. Not Marianne Faithful. But the version by Nancy Sinatra. I'm not kidding. For my palate, this is the best version of this song. Again, at least for me. You don't have to agree if you don't want to. Number eight is a song called Born. It's an instrumental again. This one has a slow build, but it's worth the wait. When you sit through it, it does pay off. 
it's very mellow. It's a very good headphones experience, and it's by Pat Metheny. Number nine, a classic, Shep and the Limelights with Daddy's Home. And finally, one of the most universally touching and perfect songs ever, What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong, which is timeless. Well, that's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in refresher podcast dash. The kids are all right. Hey, I wanted to pass something awesome along to every one of you out there. Did you know that having a plant around can actually be psychologically good for you? According to Psychology Today, researchers found that people who surround themselves with plant life and other forms of natural beauty indoors and out experience emotional and mental health benefits that have a positive impact on their social, psychological, physical, cognitive, and environmental well-being. With that, I want to once again tell you about our friends over at Leafy. What a great idea this is. They offer plants to help brighten your atmosphere psychologically. Now, I always say this, and and I'm going to say it again. This isn't just plant sales. Here's what they do that's unique. They provide a pot that comes with a wick and a reservoir. In other words, you don't have to have a green thumb. It, It makes your plant really easy to care for. And they provide the plants and soil, too, if you'd like. But here's the concept, and I love this. Take it with you. It can stay with you in your car. It fits in the cup holder. You can bring it to work. You can put it in the cup holder in a backpack. Not only does it create a nice, refreshing atmosphere, but can provide both the aforementioned potential psychological benefits as well as a great icebreaker to start a conversation. So go and check them out online. It's Leafy. Listen super carefully. It's spelled L-E-A-F-V-E. V is in Victor. And you can find them at L-E-A-F-V-E, leafy.com. Be sure to tell them that the Refresher Podcast sent you to them. I also want to do a quick shout out to my friends at the Managing Expectations Podcast. They are putting out some great material. You want to check that out too on Spotify. And, And guys, this show would simply not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends, especially if you really think they'd like it or they'd benefit from it. Maybe it'll just give them something peaceful to listen to, something positive. Uh, Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. It could be as little as 99 cents a month. Uh, If you're so inclined, That would be really great. But whether you do or whether you don't, feel free to listen anytime and enjoy anytime because this show is yours. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember, 
that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Thank you.